Hello? Before the coffee, before the coffee, before the coffee gets cold, before the coffee gets cold. Hello everyone and welcome back to Before the Coffee Gets Cold, where we talk jack shit for as long as our coffee stays warm. I'm Becca. And I'm Rose. And today we have another very special guest. This is Ellen. If you don't know who Ellen is, she is my flatmate, but she's also our social media manager (laughs) because we have one of those. Um, And yes, this is basically just another episode of Meet My Mate like we did with Rose's friend. So our topic for today is going to be mental health because we all have that (laughs) and or lack thereof who knows before we start i really quickly want to say that ellen you have a (laughs) a really beautiful and incredible mental health social media platform if you want to share anything about that um wow okay (laughs) i basically just I'm like quite passionate about mental health, so I just like post stuff that I want to post about mental health on it. It's called Coffee Cake and Mental Health. You don't have to follow it. You do have to follow it. It's great. (laughs) But yeah, that's basically that's my mental health account. Um, None of us are professionals, though. Must say that. (laughs) However, a little bit of help never hurt nobody. Yeah. (laughs) What um What do you study? Um, I study English. English. Okay, so what made you do the mental health account? Oh, interesting. (laughs) Well, I kind of, I've wanted to do one for like so long. I don't know if Becca like has ever heard me talk about it. Oh, yeah. But um, I kind of wanted to do one for so long. And then I kind of was like also inspired by like Becca doing the podcast. (laughs) Because I was like, why not? Like you know yeah and it doesn't have to be huge it's just like something Mm. that you enjoy doing and because it's just me doing it there's no like stress on like when I have to post how much I have to do so yeah speaking of mental health I'm trying to think what can we talk about mental health oh well should we say how we met first oh yeah this is so true we should probably introduce the fact that yeah I've said that I've said that we're flatmates basically (laughs) basically Ellen and I study uh the same thing we both do English and we took a drama module in first year we did (laughs) yeah and how did it happen we just got like paired together to do the script yeah and like I'd never seen this guy in my life it was like week (laughs) two or week three right oh yeah because I skipped the first week because long story I basically (laughs) skipped the first week because I tried to break in my Dr. Martin's the day Mm. the first day (laughs) and I did it wrong and I got like mad blisters and I was like I'm not walking to the drama campus it was so So far away we had to take a bus I got so lost like many times oh yeah so I was like I like I wasn't there the first week and then all of a sudden I just like popped out the second week yeah and also we had these like two hour seminars like which is usual but he would like, <laughs> However. He, it was like so weird. He would uh, shout out to him if he's listening. <laughs> I don't think he is and we're not going to name names. We don't want to get into trouble. Um, we're going to call him Jeff. Uh, yes. Jeff would like make us um, do all these activities, right? Oh yeah. Games oh, and stuff. And it gave me mad anxiety. So I was always like half an hour, 20 <laughs> minutes late. Oh. So I could try and miss out. And then it kind of got to the point where I just stopped going. Um, oh my god, this is so true. Yeah, I hated it. Like, it was a burning passion. It was, it's like, to this day, my least favorite module. I think, yeah, because, because it was two hours. So the first hour was, like, games <sighs> to sort of, like, get us to loosen up. And then the second hour, it was more, like, he said us reading. Yeah. None of us did no. the <laughs> Not a single person in that room had done I did any reading. one week of it, and it was, like, Stanislavski. And I was like, this is 
well I'm sure it's very important work but for me I was like this is bullshit so (laughs) um and I never incorporated it into my drama performance oh yeah (laughs) he 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 tried really hard to like make us um like use different methods of acting because that was what the whole point of the module Mm -hmm. but we never did and basically yeah we got paired up one time yeah I think it was like week three week four yeah it, it was around week three or week four yeah and then after that, like, I would see you occasionally in No, because I moved in, like, the day after we met. Um, well, basically, we just met in class, and I was like, who is this Canadian girl? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she thought I was Canadian because she could tell that my American accent ha- was, like, slightly off. <laughs> she was like, it doesn't sound, like, so properly like, must American. be Canada. <laughs> um, then I was so, like, basically, um... I moved into a new flat, I think, like, week three or four of uni. Um, Because part of the reason was I did want to be on meal plan. And when I first, like, applied for uni, I couldn't be on meal plan. So Mm -hmm. then they said they had an opening. They never said why. (laughs) But they were like, oh, there's an opening in the Sun Shackles. The opening was basically one of the people that I lived with um, dropped out and didn't tell any of us about it. So we were like, where the fuck is this bitch? And we found out Wait, so y'all ended up living together? Yeah. Yeah. What? It was destiny. It was the Saturday after I just met her on the Friday. And I, like, was so nervous because I was like, oh, my God, this flat could be, like, I like none of them came out when I was looking around. I think they were all asleep. So I was like, are they, like, dead? Like, (laughs) but what made me decide to choose that flat is because, like, they had, like games and stuff so I was like oh it must be quite a social flat shout out to Will for the games Um, the games that made you believe we were close when in reality well and so I walked in like they were all like I mean you you were there (laughs) oh yeah basically like we had been using the room that this person had vacated we're gonna call them Jason Mm -hmm. Because I don't want to use real names just in case. Um, so this guy, Jason, he like left, didn't tell anybody about it. We found out like later on that he just dropped out. Because he like, wanted to smuggle his stuff out, right? Oh, yeah. He, I, we don't know when the fuck he left. But <laughs> oh like, because his friends, this is a complete side note, but his friends, like Jason's friends came over to our table at dinner and were like, have you seen Jason? Because we haven't seen him in a couple of days. I li- literally, for literally no reason, my first instinct was like, the bitch is dead. I was like, <laughs> I don't know why. There was a really off, I had a really off feeling, which was clearly wrong because he was fine. He just dropped okay. out. However, I was like, I was like, oh my God, it, it, did he, I was like, I'm going to walk into his bedroom and he's going to be like dead on the floor. He's had like a heart attack and aneurysm. He slipped in the shower. I'm going to, I was like, I'm going to find him like dead. So I I knocked and I was like, Jason, and I like walked in. He wasn't there. And then obviously my second immediate thought for literally no reason was he's been abducted by aliens. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. No, but I genuinely thought that I was like, "Mm -mm." no, 100%. Like he's been abducted because because none of his things were there. And the only proof that we had that he had actually existed in in the flat was the fact that there was rubbish in the bin. Oh shit! Like fresh rubbish, like kind of scary. That but is that, exactly. But that's it. So we like went downstairs. We asked the front desk. We were like, "Is Jason still around? None of his things <laughs> yeah. are here. Like, I don't know how much you can tell us." And she was like, "I can't tell you whether or not they've dropped out, but he is technically still paying. He is paying for the room." What? Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god how so, rich was this kid? <laughs> uh, he was posh. He was posh, posh. But anyway, oh my god, he moved out. We had like two weeks. We were using the room as a spare room, <laughs> and on the Saturday before you moved in, people came in to clean the room out. And after that, we were like, "Oh, do you know when she's gonna? Well, when they're gonna move in?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, this this evening." And panic struck. We were like, oh my god, we need to clean the kitchen. We need to put the kettle on. What mug are we going to give them? Like, because we were like, we need, we we wanted, like. Gotta make a good impression. We wanted for you to like us. We were like, oh, oh my god, panic. So we put the kettle on and we're sitting there like, oh my god, what are they going to be like? Who are they going to be? Are they going to be a boy or a girl? Like, what are, like. Oh my god. And then this bitch walks through the door. It's a girl. <laughs> she walks through the door and I'm just like, shut the fuck up 
and I think I gave you the no, biggest No, we literally hug. both screamed, and there was like two other people there, two other housemates, and they were like so confused because we just <laughs> screamed at each other, and oh then we my like god. hugged. Oh, I was so happy because I was like, oh my god, I know someone. She does Aww. English, and like I had, I already had a friend like in that like apartment. What, like accommodation yeah. but I was still really scared and I was like oh my god and everyone and was so nice and then I went clubbing with Will that evening you did yeah you snobs potential. oh then I sure as fuck didn't go yeah no you didn't because I was like please come and you were like no <laughs> <laughs> rejected and yeah I think we went <laughs> snobs uh, Will can correct me on that um and yeah then the rest is history, history. No. So have y'all been living together all three, three years? Three years. Yeah. yeah. Wow. On and off last year because obviously because of Corona, I like wasn't in the UK for like half of the year. Oh shit! Yeah. Because oh when I went God. back home for Christmas, I didn't I didn't come back to the UK until after Easter. So that was like five or six months of just yeah. nothing, and I left in November as well. But we are the longest. Running, running like living together housemates oh we deserve an award i know that. we're the only ones that have stuck together yeah. that's actually quite rare though like genuinely it's hard to like be with the same person every year yeah and like because i hear that people move problems. in with their course mates and then they really do not like it yeah because yeah. it's a lot of time that you're spending with each other so it's impressive it's a good sign, guys. <laughs> oh, no, literally, like, if we told you these stories from first year where we would, like, no, oh, my God, that one day. It's literally, <laughs> we can cut it out if it's, if it's too embarrassing. But, like, there was one day when I, my room was really small and her room was really big, which made no sense because we were paying the exact same amount of money and I'm still <laughs> fucked off by that. However, it was, like, triple the same. No, literally, it was three <laughs> of my room. And it they were both en suite. So I was like, you have so much floor space anyways the point is that time when i i spent a lot of time in her room because her room was so big so we were like oh let's watch a movie mind you this was literally like could have perfectly been like midday yeah we put we put a movie on at midday fell asleep (gasps) and woke up at 7 p.m (laughs) Oh my god! What like in fuck? her bed, cuddling. The movie had long gone. Long gone. No. It was long gone. And then we were like, "Well, we're not sleeping anymore." <laughs> and then we had like an all nighter because yeah, we couldn't, we couldn't go to sleep. We were literally like so cute. inseparable. Like yeah. every oh. single time we were in that. Fl- I don't think we had like many of the same classes. No, we didn't. But any time we were like in the flat, which was like 95% of our time yeah. <laughs> we were together and uh, we got so codependent in first year <laughs> literally though <laughs> I was like what am I gonna do I'm just gonna go knock on Ellen's door yeah too. literally <laughs> that's oh. so cute oh. but that's how we met yeah that's how we met wow that's how the friendship that was wow. so long I'm sorry it's no fine. that was so wholesome <laughs> <laughs> oh my god but yes um oh spotify raps came out oh true 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 i feel like we'll get to the mental health part in the second half yeah now we can just does everyone want to read their spotify raps oh my god yes please who wants to go first you oh you go first me you want to read your yeah do you want to read your wait let me find it someone else go first while i find it oh sorry (laughs) i'll go first then basically um my i've listened for 7,424 minutes. Yeah. My top genre is dance pop, however, whatever that is. My top artists are Doja Cat and CT127, Daddy Yankee, Ash Nico, and J Balvin. And my top songs are Get Into It by Doja Cat, Bad Day by Justice Bennett, Industry Baby by Lil Nas, Bien Duro by Fetangana, and Energy by someone who I don't remember, and I heard their song on TikTok, because TikTok is my new source of musical yeah. inspiration. Um, but yeah, that's my Spotify wrapped. Nice. Who wants to wow. go next? Wow. I, I can go next. Go on, then. I've listened for 29,991 oh. minutes. My top 
songs uh driver's license deja vu a thousand years (laughs) good for you and champagne problems and i want to clear up the whole olivia rodrigo thing it was like lockdown of last year oh god there was a lot going on (laughs) um my top artists are taylor swift the script which is like a like i like them i don't think i listen to them that often though Olivia Rodrigo, Ed Sheeran, and the Lumineers. Yeah, but Ed Sheeran is because we listened to Don't like 17,000 times. We got like a new obsession (laughs) for Don't. It's his best song. Because it's all about, listen, are we going to go on a run about this again? literally it's the best song ever. (laughs) Basically, Don't, if you don't know... You know the story, right? The story about about Don't by, by Ed Sheeran. The story? The story behind the song. Do you know the like no. song? Yeah, I know the song. Okay. But what? What? <laughs> we're very passionate about we're this. I don't so think you understand. <laughs> okay, so firstly, my assertion is that it's the best diss track of all time. Oh, yeah. And um, Becca and I were like big Logan and Jake Paul diss tracks. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, this is saying something. Um, and basically, he was with. Ellie Goulding at the time. Oh, um, okay. I didn't know this. Wait, okay. And it's about Ellie Goulding cheating on Ed Sheeran with Niall Horan from One Direction. <gasps> yeah. <What? laughs> oh my god. You have to listen to the song again because you'll see it in Dude, a whole new life. I listen to that song all the time, but it never, like, I didn't know. Right? You need, to, you need to pay attention to the lyrics because there's so many little jabs. Yeah, like, he talks about how they're both artists together. And how they were on the same hotel Tell floor her. when he when, when she, she cheated on him oh with Niall Horan. And how they traveled a lot. What? Bitch, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, to be fair, I think, I don't know if they were, like, we don't know if they were in like a proper, proper relationship. relationship or if they were yeah. just like a thing yeah however it happened best diss track what? of all time because when oh, you know the story it's so, there's so many things in this dang in his lyrics and can you that's insane it's like niall horan especially it's niall horan and sharon and niall horan are like the two least likely things i least likely people to like diss track to be fair, oh. I don't think I made one back. But maybe he did. Imagine if we found one of his songs is like slow. <laughs> oh my god. Imagine. What? Yeah. I didn't know that. I know. That's it's insane. Expensive. But now look at him. Isn't he like married, has like a kid? Yeah. He's, he's living the life. <laughs> he does. And Don still haunts him to this day. Yeah. He's going to live on for a long for time. Ever. It's definitely oh, like no. I actually we'll say it's his best song and anyone can find me on that um (laughs) all those wedding songs no don't (laughs) don't um how did we get onto that oh that's why ed sheeran is in my top form and yeah that is that's mine right what about about yours what's your wow this is this is also quite interesting because it's this is very clearly like beginning of the year whereas now i listen to very different things but um, 34,393 minutes. Um, and my top artist is Ariana Grande, 2%. Um, the band Camino, Ed Sheeran, Harry Styles, and Lovely the Band. Ooh. Um, and my top songs are also Driver's License, <laughs> Hush Hush, Roots, um, oh my God, Dying I love in Roots. the Something. And dying agreeable. Ooh, <laughs> I can't beautiful. see the rest of the thing, but yeah, that's my that's my Spotify oh rocks God, for the year. Nice. I love Harry how- Styles getting a shout out. Hell yes, as he should, dude. I've never gotten out of the Harry Styles phase. As soon as I entered, it's just stuck. I love his, it. I'm gonna go to his show so like, bad. Timeless, though. I know. Like uh, exactly. Fine lines. I want to go to a show so bad. He did. Um, he was in. Um in a movie i don't think it's come out yet but it's called my policeman it's based yeah, on yeah. I know. yeah I really he was in brighton he was filming it here and oh, there were like there Christ. were like applications to be extras in it and i applied so many of my friends did it none of us got in um and i was i was crushed i was so sad but yeah i read the book and everything i'm actually really excited for it to come out but that's a side note um <laughs> so many of the one direction members say that they're like 
they still consider it a break. How they're how they're not yeah. like broken up. They're it's just what? a break. One direction. Like, yeah. Yeah, I think it's Niall, Louis, and Liam have all said they'll like come back and it is a break. What? I think Harry has remained pretty silent on the matter. And Zane, Zane. is literally just out of the picture. Yeah. So. I remember I saw because I don't I don't know much about One Direction, but I remember I saw something about one of them saying, like, we all just need to agree One Direction was not a good time or something like that. And he was like, it one was a disaster said, or something. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I swear. I remember, I do recall oh my one of them. God. It wasn't a good time. Simon Cowell was so... Yeah, I think, like, peace and love. being in Might a band, we'll any band, but one of these, like, manufactured from a talent show bands, I think is pretty hard. Yeah. Like obviously the whole little mix thing. Jesse talked about a how hard. Perfect it was. segue into mental health. Oh my god, health. so true. Wow. <laughs> like we can. Wow. It's like we planned it. I think we should. I feel like people. I think you can really tell that we don't script these, but it's the best no. thing about the podcast, in my opinion, is the fact that because we not go scripted. on so many tangents that are so, so unrelated. Tangents. We will but do anything so to talk about anything but what we said we would talk about. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it makes listening to it so fun because you just don't yeah. know what, uh, what's going yeah. to come next. <laughs> Where it's going to go next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, did we all watch Jesse Nelson's... I don't know why I've started with Jesse Nelson. <laughs> but Jesse Nelson's documentary, because we were talking about that. Oh, yeah. No, oh, I yeah. haven't. Have you not? It's good. It is, is it, really good. Is it on YouTube Originals or is it I Netflix? think it was BBC, right? Oh, I'm not from this country, bestie. My VPN is like yeah, not aligning. We'll watch it. But we'll I watch swear it, it was okay. on YouTube as well. I think I saw it on YouTube. Oh, it, yeah, it could well be. Um, um, it was. It was a lot. I remember it she was went really through good. so much. That poor some, girl. Like, I won't go into huge amounts of statistics because not many people like you know numbers don't really, mm. especially with me, numbers don't stick in my head. But um, just like. I think it's quite important to mention mm-hmm. that, like, one in four adults and one in ten children experience mental illness in their life mm-hmm. in the UK, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because we were talking, actually, we weren't talking about the NHS on the podcast, but we were talking about it earlier. <laughs> we were talking about the NHS before we started recording. It's crazy oh. to me because every, like, doctor I've ever spoken to have said... Like it's so hard to get NHS therapy, yeah, because they're so un- the mental health services in the UK are so underfunded. Oh my fucking! God. And they're so oversaturated with people. I was literally talking about this with my best friend Veronica. Shout out to you. <laughs> um, she studies psychology and she wants to be a psychologist, and she's currently doing a placement in a hospital, mm. and she goes to like the different wards and stuff, <laughs> and she talks about how there are like there's so much demand for psychologists but there's not enough money yeah or there's not enough like nobody cares enough to like get psychologists because she's like oh I'm here in a placement but if I wanted to get hired like in a permanent position they wouldn't I don't remember exactly why but she was like it's just really hard to like get the job they'd much rather have you as like like in placement or mm. like not having to pay you necessarily yeah exactly you know? that's the thing it's really it's, it's bad because I I do psych as well and I want to go into therapy but the more I think about it as well the more I realize that like I think therapy is mainly accessible to rich people if you're not which sucks because those people will be dealing with their own things as well and everyone has like you know, it's important for them to do that and to be going to therapy regularly. It shouldn't be the thing that you do when you're in crisis. Um, but then I think it also causes a lot of problems because if people that have money, that have the resources they need to live like a rich life, um, imagine what it's like for the people that can't afford therapy. Yeah. And that have like, so much more going on. I feel like the people who can't afford therapy eventually just like dismiss their mental health as well and they're just like oh it's not like I'm not depressed Mm. it's not like I'm not I don't have anxiety like I don't need medication I don't need therapy I don't need help like it's just Mm. the way that I am where they and they dismiss it because they know that they're not gonna get any help yeah because the if the if the health company in the UK is telling you so therapy within the uk they only give you six sessions and then they that's 
ridiculous. Yeah. And they relook at it, and if if they think, which it's so subjective, but if they think it's a bad, I'm using a quote, um, signs, but if it's a bad enough case, then they will give you maybe three to six more, and that's like super rare. So if that's the so NHS bad. is telling you you can only have six sessions and then you're done then therapy's never going to be like have a point because you can't unpack anything in six it, it isn't sustainable it's not something you'll be able to use also how like consistent are these sessions like yeah. is it every week for for six weeks is it once a month for six well, months well this is like, the thing that's... and also with covid yeah. uh, they're all like a lot of them are telephone everyone's just now. everyone's just off the rails at the minute yeah. i'm not going to lie to you and it's so the nhs therapy is so prescriptive like they you can't say how you want the therapy session to be. They have yeah. to do it within the guidelines. Whereas if you can pay for private therapy, it's obviously going to be so much more worthwhile. But so few people can do that that it's just such a it's such a like hard like where do you go from there? And that's why the Telegraph published an article because no one's getting therapy or everyone's getting therapy for six hours and then getting chucked out, that's why they're over-prescribing antidepressants. Like, the Telegraph published, doctors are saying it's way over-prescribed, but but, um, it happens because they don't have anything else to do. I just think that antidepressants like they work for some people but they don't necessarily work for everybody and yes there's cbt Mm -hmm. and other different types of medication or other types of therapy that work but it's really hard to find which one works for you and if you're going to have like this like pre-planned pre-scheduled one hour session where you need to follow certain guidelines and maybe you can only talk about certain things first and then mm-hmm. delve into deeper things. Like that's not how it works, babes. Like my mm-hmm. brain is all over the place. I don't need, I don't, if my yeah. brain doesn't have a structure, how do you want me to talk to you with a structure? Like yeah. that doesn't make any sense. And if it doesn't feel, you can't build a relationship with said NHS counselor therapist in six hours like whatever they are Mm -hmm. and it feels I've been to NHS therapy like I think three times now Mm. three different times the first time I was in school so it was like counseling um and air quotes on the council (laughs) because he was he was and I respect completely what he does but he was a nurse so he he said he was a mental health nurse he said I'm not like qualified to talk about something then why are you here so he was like he was like I can which is a lot of what they do and I just feel like so then the second time I went I had it in Birmingham last year and they called it talking therapy so you go and he's like he literally said so I can't like answer any of your questions I can't give you advice you just have to talk at me because I'm not qualified like I'm not a CBT or DBT or you know um I'm just I believe he was a counsellor or a talking no it was an NHS one but um it and yeah, he was so you, you like it's so awkward. I think I went to one session yeah. and he's like, You just have to talk at me. And then he'll like nod and he'll be like, So how did that make you feel? Mm. And I'm like People people <laughs> get paid to do to basically like act the way like your friends act. Yeah. yeah. They are just like And your friends care so much more. Exactly. <laughs> That's the thing. Cause I think even then, like there are there are types of therapies that are just talking about it and are like I don't I'm not sure obviously other than like medication and things like that um, therapists aren't really meant to tell you what to do they're meant to like help you work through it but then it's also yeah, it creates yeah. that thing of as soon as great you've talked out everything with them and they've been like I understand how that's difficult for you like you know done all of that and then the sessions end and what then like 
they're you're not they're yeah. not providing you with the skills yeah the skills exactly. and the tools that you need to deal with future problems yourself yeah that's the thing like i i was bullied when i was younger we're gonna get we're just gonna get right into it um i was bullied when i was younger and i my mom got me a sort of like psychologist slash i don't know she was aimed at children because i was really young i was like seven so she was like a psychologist but she also like helped children who had like lisps and like who had behavioral issues like things like that she she did a little bit of everything um but I was with her and she at first because I had so many issues um she would come to my house like twice a week I saw her every week for seven years oh my god at least once a week for seven years like from the ages of like six or seven to the age of 13 or 14, I've seen this woman every single day for a, an hour. Fuck. Like every single week, an hour. That is so much more. That mm. helped me so much. I owe I owe the person who I am today to that woman. But that's so much more than what the NHS provides. Mm. And it took me so many years to like figure myself out and to sort of reach a point of understanding of myself and my feelings and like you know come into myself whereas six hours is nothing yeah six hours was a month and a half of what I got yeah and I was with this woman for seven years like how (laughs) yeah exactly how do you it's insane do you guys have you don't have to say if you don't want to but have you guys been diagnosed with any like mental health umbrella i (laughs) have not Mm -hmm. but the mental health terms i feel like sometimes can be very umbrella terms you know how people say oh i have anxiety like exactly i feel anxious in a lot of different situations but i've never been diagnosed with anxiety right do you think you have anxiety? Because it's not it's not like you get diagnosed. I don't want to say that sudden. I think I have anxiety. No, yeah. Exactly. Which I think I don't want to a... say it because I don't I, I haven't been diagnosed. Yeah. But I do feel anxious and I do feel, you know, certain emotions yeah. that are linked to different mental health concerns. So I'm like, I'm feeling like this, but feeling a certain way doesn't necessarily mean right. that you have this mental illness but I think you know most people know they're just afraid to say it because they don't have that diagnosis but it's not you don't you don't get you know anxiety or depression or whatever as soon as you have the diagnosis you've you've like lived with it for so long yeah and I think especially like our generation I think hopefully it's getting a bit better but like my parents didn't believe in in like mental health they like Mm. neither of them I'd be like I think I have a problem they'd be like no it's fine you're just a bit stressed. You're just shy mm. or whatever. And it's like, yeah. unless you have that diagnosis, they won't take it seriously. But then a lot of people don't have the chance to go and, and figure out, okay, yeah, I actually do have this. And now I can get help for it. But a lot of people just have to, like, yeah. figure it out as they go and, like, pr- almost pretend to themselves that, like, oh, no, I don't have it. Because they know yeah, they won't be able true. to, like, convince other people. So when... I was like in sixth form with the NHS. Um, they um, they were very strong on not diagnosing children because they were like, it can be a kind of like curse, you know. Yeah. You kind of. <clears throat> I think their vantage point was like you can. It will, it will like encompass you. Yeah. It becomes but, your excuse. <laughs> yeah. They, so I think that's like, but then for, I do think they do, they obviously do diagnose it. They think it's going to be, so GPs will and psychiatrists yeah. will, but like just the people you see like for counselling will not. Yeah. Um, I remember in, in one of my lectures, they were talking about that. They were saying like, because they don't, like you were saying, they don't want to say to a kid, like, okay, you have this when they're not able to express themselves fully yet. Yeah. So it could just be, like, 
a phase. I can't find a better word. Yeah. But like, um, it could be that. But I think in the extreme cases, they still will be like, okay, yeah, you, you, you need help for blank. Well, because I think you're obviously as a child slash teenager, you're obviously dealing with so many emotions, and then to like sometimes, not all the time, to like put a diagnosis into that, it can come with like a lot of shame mm. because I don't know about you guys but when I I went to a, a two different schools I went to a secondary school and then a sixth form school and when I went secondary school there was never like ever mm. I never heard about mental health didn't I literally did not know what it was there would be kids that would like take the piss out of anxiety and stuff because and to be fair oh to them God. they didn't like no one told them yeah. that it was a real thing we never had like an assembly we had uh, a pastoral care person I think that's what their title was I'm but sorry she just went around but... checking school uniform <laughs> she did not nothing in like any mental health capacity and then I went to sixth form and they had experienced like huge numbers of people with mental health difficulties um which is probably not a good representation of the school so they were quite hot on it and like that's when I like learned that like the feeling I'd been having since I was like seven was anxiety and I never knew that I was just like oh like it's like a horrible feeling I feel like I'm having like a heart attack mm. like I can't breathe and I didn't know that was anxiety mm. but yeah so I don't know if that was the same for you guys at your schools I think like we had a psychologist we had like assemblies about mental health a lot of assemblies about bullying nobody I don't think anybody made fun of mental health but it's not something that we like particularly shared with each other like yes with your friends but I think more when we were like slightly older I think that when I when I moved from basically my school has two different buildings in like different parts of Madrid like very far away parts of Madrid for literally no reason so I had to change schools like buildings and when I did that I met a lot of new people because I was basically like it was like moving into a new school and that was the first time that I'd ever met anyone who um trigger warning um it's the first time that I ever met anyone who self-harmed mm. and I think that that like burst my bubble yeah. and I was like people like have these feelings like Amanda Todd isn't just a YouTube video like people yeah. genuinely do these things and these people who I considered my friends and still do to this day they were like you know having really dark thoughts and they told me about their mental illnesses and how they had depression and OCD and anxiety and I was like oh my Jesus <laughs> um so I was like it was addressed and there were resources, but it's not like it was incredibly reinforced. Mm. I never had to use the resources that the school provided because, as I said, I had, like, my own psychologist that, like, came to my home. Um, I don't think the school was that great with people who had more severe or serious mental health problems I would have to ask my friends but for what can be considered quote-unquote like mild mental health issues or like if you were struggling but you didn't necessarily have like a reasoning behind your struggle the school was good for that but I don't know the level of good that it did for people with actual mm. diagnosed mental health issues I have what about you Rose Listen, <laughs> I've been a bit everywhere, so I'll try and make it short. France, when I, I grew up in France, mental health is really not a big thing. I think it's now becoming a bit more, like, incorporated and, and talked about. But growing up, it was, I, there was no support. You didn't talk about, like, 
mental health. You didn't talk about like stuff like that. It was just deal with it. You just kind of, you, you deal with it. My mom always says this. I, I, I don't know if this is a like real statistic, but she says that like French women are like the saddest women in first world countries or something like that. Like in a survey, they are the it ones makes, that are like, to be fair, it makes a lot of sense. To be fair. I think that France isn't, for what I know, yeah. France isn't a great country for mental health. I have such a, like, vivid memory of, like, my friend, we were, this was, like, primary school, we were, like, getting in that, you know, single file line to go to class, and my friend starts crying, and I was, like, what's wrong, what's wrong, and she starts talking to me, and she's, like, my dad beat me with a belt today, and it's just very normal to have, like, shit. shit like that going on, like, family dynamics and stuff like that don't work, and, um, I remember she was still crying, the teacher comes over, doesn't ask anything, no follow-up question, just goes, shut up and get in line, we're going to class. And that's just how you, like, do things. It's just very, like, normal. Um, and then Norway, I don't remember that well in terms of, like, mental health. I feel like they were quite good. And I I wouldn't be surprised if they had, like, a therapist or something like that at school. Um, the States was, was the first time that I met people who, like, self-harmed, who, like, you know, uh, abused drugs and, and stuff like that. Um, and there's there's no support. You have to pay for everything yourself. You're doing it yourself. Mm. They have counselors, but they're more there for like, um, for like class help or like making sure you graduate. Um, but they most of the time will like try to hand it off to another like authority figure, which most of the time makes like situations worse and stuff. Um, and then Poland because they're passing the blame like yeah, the blame. literally that's Not what it the turns blame, into. But, like they're passing your feelings. And you as an individual, like, around. Yeah, exactly. People being like, ah, I don't want to deal with it, so can you try? Exactly. That's yeah, so yeah, yeah. And I, I had, so, I had I one friend in particular, she, I was always worried that she was not going to show up the next day, and I was going to find out that she committed suicide or something. She was, like, she was really bad, and she never got any support. I was her support system, which, <laughs> um, was horrible. I'm, she's okay now, and she's doing a lot better, um, but yeah, there's just a lot of, um, and then Poland, I think the first year I was there, we had like a psychiatrist. I don't know a singular person that went to her. Um, there, yeah, there really wasn't much at all either. And especially, um, my friends that did get help were all Polish. I know if I wanted to get something that would have been 10 times harder because I don't speak Polish. I'm not from there. Um, so I feel like they'd be way more likely to be like, okay, figure it out by um but I don't know I think it nowadays it's becoming more and more of a thing um and like there's more resources available and it's just more acceptable to also say that I'm actually something's wrong right now and like work with it that way but I think another thing that um you reminded me of Ellen was um there's like I don't remember the stat, but I know like suicide rates in men are so much higher oh, than in women high. because they're told to not talk about it, to get over it, to move on. And I think even now there's so much like toxic, like I don't know, culture in like how men interact with other people that they don't they don't share. It's so rare to find someone that's like doing well and is you know, whatever, but then when they're struggling, reach for help. I think they're a lot of the times, like, almost, like, programmed to, like, deal with it and then just see what happens, yeah. which I think is a huge thing, but I don't know. Yeah, it is. Mental not... mental health is something that's not covered enough. Oh, by any means, no. like, not at all. It's something that men, a lot of the time, aren't comfortable, you know, talking about. Yeah. Mm. And I think that that also causes, an, like, in my experience, it also, like, causes an issue for the rest of the people yeah. who, like, because they don't talk about it, I was for a really long time under the impression that, like, men and women's brains just don't work the same. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they just don't, like... They don't need to. They're not emotional. Yeah. They don't. Not that they don't need to, but I was just like, they just don't have like. Yeah. Their emotions are not the same as mine. Like my emotions are just heightened, or mm. n- not necessarily heightened, but like we just 
we just experience emotions differently. And the reality is that we don't necessarily like everyone experiences things differently, but emotions wise, you know, it doesn't mean. Yeah. It doesn't mean that like I'm more sensitive. It just means that they've just never been told that it's okay to like feel sad or feel anxious or like, yeah. Say any of that. Well, I was told in therapy, this is obviously a generalization and it won't Mm -hmm. apply to everyone. But that women, when they struggle with their mental health, they, like, go inward and they take it out on themselves. And men sometimes, you know, not all the time, like, go outward and it produces, like, a lot of anger. Aggressive. Yeah. And um, I can say that's, like, applied to, like, a couple of people I've known in my life who, like, probably should have gone to therapy will not will never mm-hmm. and don't really know how to like talk about emotions or experience them so they get really angry and you know not necessarily it's it's not a fault of their own if that's the way yeah. it's like that's the way they've seen someone before them do it and it's the only way they know how to but it de- we definitely need to change the conversation so men can talk about it because aggression also has a huge impact on other people which in turn will cause mental Mental health health issues cycle it's just a it's just a vicious cycle that like Mm. it seems so hard to get rid of because it's not like there's times when mental health can be triggered by something or caused by something, you know, whether it's abuse or like bullying or, mm. you know, just you struggling in other areas of your life cause for you to think low of yourself. Like it, it can always be an external factor, but there it sometimes it's not necessarily external. You can simply just have depression. Mm, yeah. Even if your life is like, great yeah there doesn't always have to be a reason a lot of the time they ask why why are you depressed what is the root of this so why do you have anxiety why are you depressed Mm. well because I am what you just said reminded me of something that a friend told me um this idea of like sometimes you just feel shit and there's no reason and there's not one thing you can do to like make it better she has what she calls like a toolbox of mental health like um of like self-care and stuff like that and it's just things that she activities and stuff like that that she always or she tries to do when she starts feeling down because I think when you start when something is wrong or whatever you're having a depressive episode or you're anxious or you're whatever the first thing you let go of are those good habits so should we go around and maybe say a few things that we do when we like that we notice help us like boost ourselves or get through whatever we're going through whether it was caused by something or not Rose, do you want to go first sure yeah yeah I can go um something I do a lot I feel like I talk about it all the time but um I bullet journal which is like a journal and like also like a drawing thing and um I'll like write my thoughts or what's going on um I think that's a big one for me I do a lot of like music and try to like channel whatever is happening into like a creative project talking to other people and like not and asking for help I think is like a really big one that I'm still trying to learn now instead of like keeping it to myself and just being like it's fine um and then the last thing I would say is like men is um like mindfulness and meditation I find really helps and it's something that like everyone has access to you can find it on like YouTube, there's a really good like Netflix headspace um series mm-hmm. about like how to start meditation um and trying to do those things regularly, not just when I am feeling shit. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> For me, I think like I go inward when I'm having a bad time, but it doesn't necessarily last very long. I think that it's just like when I'm having a bad time. I think that I do need time for myself. Mm. Like, I don't want to be around people, but that's because I'm not in the, like, right headspace to be around people. So I'm like, I need to sort of get my head, know what's going on before I can express what's going on to other people. So I, I like to be by myself, which 
doesn't necessarily need to be a bad thing. I wouldn't call it journaling. I sort of word vomit onto a page <laughs> um, when it gets like too much or when I have like really like deep like why is this happening to me moments. I, I'll like write it like two or three pages down of nonsense. <laughs> Um, my breathing exercises. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of breathing exercises for when I feel anxious. I like take one breath in, one breath out, and then two breaths in, two breaths out, three breaths in, three breaths out, all the way up to five breaths. And then I take one final really deep breath in and one final deep breath out. And that tends to calm me a lot because I feel like you're getting more oxygen into your body and you know, I do that. I also just like take showers mm-hmm. and like pamper myself with like, oh, I'm gonna do a face mask today. A lot of dance parties in my bedroom. Ellen caught me the other day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I do it all the time. But yes, dance parties in my bedroom. Nobody's looking at me. I'm just like vibing by myself. That's what I do to mm. just like not think about anything really. It's very good. Thank you. Um, How about you? I'm similar to you. I think I go quite inward. Um, I think I've learned over like four years Mm. of like, you know, struggling, I guess, that like the most important, it's such a cliche, but the most important thing is to ask for help. And so like, I definitely know the signs now when I'm like, you know, struggling a little bit. And um. I like call my doctor um, so like to like relook at my medication or I make a therapy appointment or I talk to my friends like talking is like the most important thing for me and also like music like music reflects my mood a lot hence the Taylor Swift yeah. <laughs> the like 30 <laughs> 30,000 minutes um, but yeah so I love to like listen um, yeah and that's pretty much yeah I just think talk about it that's talking about it if we can find some resources we'll probably leave some resources Mm -hmm. as well as um a link or at least the username (laughs) of Ellen's mental health yeah um, we'll definitely um we'll put some resources into the post that is going up for this episode Mm -hmm. As well as on the description of the episode. Um, just we'll know that some, if... like numbers. Yeah. If you need to call anyone. I just want to quickly say. Um, and this was not about shitting on the NHS. Because <laughs> I feel like I do have to say that. Like I, The NHS are doing their they're best. They're a however. great service. I like hugely appreciate them. And any help is better than um, nothing. Yeah. I just. I feel like they need more funding. But I think it's. It, they what they do is amazing yeah that's my piece on the matter <laughs> check the resources in the description if you need any help yeah and see you next time guys thank see you next time thank you for having me bye and Rose's shitty podcast. They're no longer available at this time, but they'll be back next week. Probably. Hopefully. Potentially, if everything goes well. Um, in the meantime, you can reach us on Instagram at Before the Coffee Gets Cold Podcast. How do I end this? <laughs>